What's up, y'all? Cliff Williams here from Not Gospel Studios. I am joined today with my good buddy, Joel Jackson. Uh, we are going to just have a fist fight and let you guys hear it. <sighs> just kidding. <laughs> You're so into That was it. all natural. That was not even a plan, Dion. <laughs> that was <laughs> all natural. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we are just talking about some life hacks for if you want to be in a band, you want to start uh, playing, and you want to want to do some things that will just help you get on the right path. This is sort of like uh, start a band for dummies. Uh, type podcast uh, we got combined you know almost 30 plus years experience in trying to trying to make music uh, make Christian music and so uh, that's what this podcast is about this is not gospel when you said I can't really speak into the road stuff I didn't know that so there's a lot about you playing a band and being in your music thing that I honestly I just don't know about okay like, you know what I mean? Like, I, yes. And so it must be very different from my, dude. <laughs> like what I'm what I'm familiar with. Yeah. So if you had, from your perspective of being in Christian music, if you had life hacks for people who want to be in a band, want to start a band, or whatever, things that you've learned on the road, that yeah. if you started them in the very beginning, or not on the road, if things that you learned from being in a band and doing music, yeah. Uh, that you wish you'd known in the very, very beginning, what are some of those things? Um, the first is the importance of like a social media online following. Cause okay. I just, my first Christian band. So I was in three Christian bands over 10 years, uh, three Christian bands in one break stint or whatever. So realize the importance of social media. Cause the first one was big locally, but we did not pay as much attention to, facebook or instagram or any of that stuff so that's really important well and i feel like you and i've had similar conversations like it's a bunch and we've never been able to effectively record it so i think the devil don't want new bands to know what we're talking about or yeah what we had to say well in the band the first band and when it when it stopped all the fans stopped and everything stopped and i remember being like what happened we didn't have any content. We had a yeah. YouTube page with, at that time, this was a lot of videos. There was maybe 20 videos on YouTube. Okay. But across any other platforms, like nothing. So it's like, it just went away. And do you think now, if you don't hit the other platforms and you're just doing one of them, like you're... If you're not on TikTok, yeah. If you're hamstringing not on, yourself or Yeah, something? you're done. Instagram, they've already, like Gary Vee's already talking about it. He's a big social media influencer. Instagram's going down. Who's, TikTok. So who's Gary Vee? Is he Christian or is he just like... No, he's like a, he's like a social media influencer. He talks okay. about like he's he's multimillionaire business investor, whatever. Of course they all are. Well, and he's the dude, <laughs> he's the dude that told me four years ago to get on TikTok. Really? So, or... He made a video saying everybody needs to get on TikTok because it's gonna be, it's it's the new thing right now, uh, dude. I know it is, I know it is. But I it's just, not dance uh, videos anymore. Like, it, and I never went on there and made dance videos. I just uploaded my. You music didn't make videos. a dance video. No, it's <laughs> never did that. So bands get on social media. That's my first. So the w- first thing you wish, but dude, you've been ten years at it. So well, so I've been. So you're t- saying now, obviously, social media is now not necessarily what it was 10 years ago. It's a bigger deal now. And TikTok wasn't even a thing 10 years it's ago. It's a way big... Back then, your product was your CD. Yeah. Now, I believe your product is your social media. And if you don't have social media, you're done. Okay, so... one of the, I came from touring our... Just touring ourselves to exhaustion. Yeah. I've told stories to you of, of the first big tour we got on. We built... 
hand built the stage out of wood and, and screws and whatever. And then I was up for 53 hours, no sleep, trying to just driving from show to show that yeah. first weekend. The thing, one of the things I wish somebody had told me or the life hack that I know now in bands that I didn't know then is I wish somebody had told me how important, and this is funny, way off from what no. we're talking about, how important drinking water was. Uh. Because, okay, so. You, there's an abundance of coffee. You're always going to have Red Bulls or caffeine. Like yes. everybody's like, oh, I need energy, you need energy, caffeine, caffeine. Um, but so now I have a degenerated disc in my lower back. And the chiropractor and the doctors told me that part of that is from dehydration because your your discs require Dang, okay, water. okay. And so I spent years of hauling gear, lifting it the wrong way, you know, and like you, mm. you work yourself when you're young to exhaustion. Nobody told me how important, like just slamming. If you're gonna drink a coke, yeah. drink three bottles of water. You know what I'm saying? Dude. So like a life hack for me is like if you're in a band and you're gonna tour and you're gonna work your butt off and you're gonna yeah. sweat all day and you're gonna do summer festivals and and all the awful things and the and gear. you gotta drink like ten bottles of water a day. Well, now here's what's <laughs> funny. Now they have those like pedal boards. I guess they call them the like helixes or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you don't even need an amp and you just plug it into the PA and it sounds 10 times better than an amp ever would through a PA. Well, I mean, that's what Mikey, that's what Mikey, that's what Scoop uses the helix. Scoop uses that. Mikey uses a version. I mean, it's just like a modeling. Yeah. Well, yeah, he has a little amp modeler on his, on his tiny little. And it sounds great. It sounds Uh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, also the social media thing is, is for sure. I wish somebody had told us the significance of social media. I also think I wish somebody had told me, had explained to me where the money goes. I wish somebody had said, by the way, P.S., you can make a living doing music, but if you want to, and there's, but remember this, there's no retirement plan. Mm, 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 I wish somebody had told me that there's no retirement plan. So if you're, if you're going to do music, you can make a living while you're doing music. But think about this. Are you going to be touring at 70 years old? Not all of us are like Keith Richards and like <laughs> Steven Tyler and Aerosmith and mm. all that stuff. Like, not all of us are going to be touring yeah. when we got grandbabies, you know, just at the yeah. house. And I don't even know that I want to do that if I got grandbabies. I want to spend time with the grandkids. Yeah. So, and there's no guarantee people are going to be interested in your music when you're 70. You know what I mean? Like, Get, getting like a side hack. I think I noticed the first time I went on the road with you guys just doing video stuff, I noticed how much time there was in the day yes. to do whatever. And I remember first at first thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I was bored for the first weekend during those times. And then the next weekend, I was. that's when I started making all the content and doing what I'm like, there's so much time in the day. Yeah, dude. To do, I mean, even if it's three hours, that's a lot of time. Well, in side hacks, what are what are in your head and your mind, dude? Like the practical side hacks for a musician. If you're a musician, you should learn how to record other bands, to take photos of other bands, and do videos of other bands because then that can turn into realtor videos. That can turn into wedding videos. Like everybody Quick, should. Do, quickest way to to learn that. What's the quickest way? Like, uh, just get it. Just get it and go do it. Like. Uh, Are there the, YouTube hacks that you're mm, like, hey man, I checked out this channel when I was trying to yeah, photo you, or whatever? You just need to go do it. Uh, YouTube it. I mean, obviously YouTube how to do the stuff, but the, I know the audio engineering for a fact is ten times harder than anything. Like you can you can learn videography and photography very well in a year. Audio engineering will take you five to ten years to even be semi competent. It's because your ears have to learn what the sounds are. That's gotcha. what I've learned. 
Yeah. Well, but you can make a good living off of that, I'd assume, while doing like that's how I'm able to to go do my shows now is yeah. people hire me to do that so I don't have to go work nine to five at this place Monday through Friday or whatever. You and but you and I may feel a little different on this this one thing I'm gonna say. Okay. Like I feel like if you're gonna get a side hack, a yeah. side hustle, let's say I'm more in the camp of find something you're passionate about. Oh, that's yeah, no. your side hustle. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering if you're more like, if you're passionate about music, it doesn't necessarily matter if you're if you're passionate about your side hustle as long as you're good at it and you can make money. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, finding like, I mean, I guess you could work on someone's car when you're home. Like whatever. Like it's whatever is going to allow the like whatever side hustle you can have that allows you to do like your touring. Well, and, and playing so, your shows, and I don't want people to think uh, this. Uh, I'll speak to y'all out there listening for a second. I don't want you to think that it's just musicians griping and complaining about money. I want to make it practical sense. We've tried this before, but here's a practical analogy. Let's say you made six figures a year. Let's say you had a number one single go number one for on each one of your records for like a month out of the year, uh, and you made a hundred grand a year. If you did that for ten years, you're ten years older. You've made a hundred grand. You probably spent thirty, forty thousand dollars a year in expenses, home, mortgage, cars, whatever, and you're left with about fifty thousand dollars a year. That's we talked about. That's five hundred thousand dollars at the you know possible of just pure savings. If you don't ever spend anything, a half a million dollars in pure savings, and after a decade, and then it's like, well, what do you do? You know, that's your retirement plan. I guess the money you made. If you don't want to ever spend any of it and buy anything, that's your retirement plan. But the thing is, you're trying to retire at thirty five, mm. forty years old with half a million dollars. You've got. 30 40 more years to go half a million dollars won't last you that long yeah so the importance and significance it's not that you can't make a living doing music music it's just that you got to think about how you're going to make a living when music is done pro wrestlers do the same thing man like i'm super into wrestling because i'm also a little bit of a redneck and everybody knows it <laughs> but like and it's super real i know it's real just kidding it's 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 all predetermined we know this but Pro wrestlers are the same way. They know that they they only got 10, 15 years, 20 years max maybe that they can really do it, you know, that many days a week before their body gives out. Yeah. And so they're like, I'm going to make a living. What am I going to do with it? You know, where is it going to go? True. And so Austin did business school. You did photography, videography. Um, yeah, my band just needed stuff, so. No. Oh, and yeah. The, well, it's like I learned how to do all that over the years and do you say necessity can make it happen so like the way if you want to learn how to do videography buy a camera and start posting online your stuff for your band every single day yeah. and yeah. you'll be looking at it and then you'll be comparing it to other bands and be trying to make your stuff look like that make it better and better and better yeah like that's kind of the way that's the way yeah that's the way that i that's that's the way that i went about it um and if i just had not stopped and started projects I'd probably be somewhere way better because I've been, yeah, I've been doing Christian music for 10 years, but I've only been doing my current brand for a year and it's mm -hmm. exploded beyond any of those things before, like years beyond any of those things before. How, how do you, how important do you think for a band it is to, to a Christian band yeah. to plug into a church? That's the life, that, that's what I did this time is actually plug in. It's the lifeblood of your, uh, support i think it's important if you've got a whole band 
to try to get each member at a different church because then you get all those members become fans. That's oh, wow. what that's what we so you're did. Saying don't go all go to the same church. Oh heck no, unless it's a big church. Okay, like it's just you don't like. And you're talking about for like utility purposes for like resources to have more resources you're plugged into more churches you got a bigger church body yeah but i mean people aren't gonna they're not gonna really care about your band and they're not gonna give you money they're just gonna be fans and support and share all your stuff it's if you are in a local band that's why right now currently me looking for a church why i am I've been out of a church for about three weeks now, and I'm looking for one right now to lead in because I have to be based out of that because I need that support mm. of here's the fans, and they're going to be sharing stuff and following because um, that's where all your fans are there at church. How many covers did you do versus originals, and how significant do you think it is doing good covers versus just doing your original songs? Okay, so I experimented with this. When I did a bunch of covers... Um, full length, three and a half minute covers. I was doing one every week from January 2021 to mm-hmm. June. So that was like a bunch. And I wasn't, people were like, yeah, man, like I like your, they were like, yeah, Joel's our worship leader. That's cool. Mm. They weren't listening to anything. And then last November, I started doing an original every single month. Then they saw me as any other artist, as real as any other artist. And they were like, oh, I love your music. I love your yeah. new song. So you have to do that. I would I would do 30-second TikTok covers or 15-second TikTok covers, post that on there, and then you have your new song coming out every single month. Record so, it yourself if you have to. So you're, uh, so if you're a new artist, do if you're going to do covers now, if you're, if you're trying to be, be a new Christian artist, if you're going to do covers now, you're saying do Shorts, 15, 15 to 30, 30 seconds, seconds, the, 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 the co- chorus of a cover, and then release yep. a full-length new song? Yeah, it was super cool 10 years ago to do a big, full, your-own-version cover of a song and throw it on YouTube and everyone would watch it now. It's not See, dude, I, I, I think that's still, still where a lot of bands are. They think that do a cover and do it really good or whatever versus just show a snippet of a cover and then do do an original. Well, and the thing is the cover is going to take all your time and energy. Like it's going to like if as opposed to where you need to put your other focus at. What if, what if your originals suck? If your originals suck, <laughs> you need to get with a good writer and that's where you have to get lucky. You have to find your like champion and for me it became Mikey. Oh, okay. Or Mike, yeah, and he, yeah. yeah, and he just started. He started helping me write. Um, For us, I think in the very beginning, we worked with with Scotty Wilbanks, who's a, who's a killer producer. Yeah, and he he plays keyboards with. Uh, now he's with Luke Bryan, uh-huh. um, but uh, he produces great music, and he helped us write some songs on our first record. But then, kind of the breakthrough was when we sat down with uh, Ian Esclin and Tony Wood mm. in uh, in Nashville. And from there, lots more co-writing sessions happened. Who would you say back then you're... So for me, I have a picture in my head. I could almost make an action figure of my fan. Okay. Oh, Who was your... Yeah, I know this is important. <laughs> this is very important. Life my, hack, know your audience. <laughs> yeah, dude. My fan, if you go... Like, it's any person in church, basically. And they're usually age 30 and up. Okay. That's my fan base right now. Dang. All right, so... What was your fan back in, like when you guys were building dude, it? Dude, here's the thing. What we've realized... Okay, so when we were first building, our fans were the... 
Was it youth group kids? 18, or the youth group, 15 to 25-year-old, yep. like misfits. Yes. Okay. Those were the like the outcasts, like the the oddities. I hate to say those kind of words, but yeah. that's that's what, what we were. Mikey talks about it on some of our videos, how he dressed all in black, and we, he liked skateboarding, and he painted his fingernails when he was in school. Like He was one of the misfits. Yeah. Um, and those were our people. In fact, our first song to get on the radio, it, it was this uh, song, Alive in You, it got put on Air One when Air One back was like was like alternative rock and roll. It got put on Air One on Mixology where where people could go in and vote for the song, and it okay. got played three times I think in an hour or two hours, however long Mixology was once a week. It got played three times in the course of that span of time. Got voted up so many times. So finally, they said they're going to add it to the regular rotation. Mm. Air One did, and those are like the misfits, like the youth group kids or whatever. Um. Here's the tricky part. Flash forward 15 years from Alive in You or 12 years or whatever, however long that song is, those are still our fans, which yeah. means our fans are now 35-year-olds, you know, 35 to 40-year-olds. So now back then it was youth group kids, and now our fans are people oh, like me and my wife. Dude. They're the Beckys and the and the Pauls of your church. You yeah, know? dude. Like, that's th these grown-ups, you know, and and there's nothing wrong with that. No. I love our fans. Dude, people, the older you get, people need, people deal with way more life problems, and yeah. I never look at that as a problem of like, look, like young people, they're, most of their lives are good, and they haven't dealt with anything yet. So when I'm, when I'm looking out at my audience and they're age 30 to 60, I'm like, heck yeah, because these people are in it. Well, and some of it's organic because when I got older, I got married, I got bills, I got yeah. kids. And so you look at one I'm running to, that song, Midnight staring at the bills and rubbing red eyes. It's like, ain't no 15-year-old kid really relates to that. Dude. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not speaking their language at that point. You know, and it's almost odd if I'm pushing 40 years old trying to speak their language. You know, like yeah. it, it's, it's just, it's a little weird. Yeah. I, I, I think I was doing like back 10 years ago, I was doing some like emo type thing and that's like sleeping with sirens was on the radio and it was like, so that was what all those kids were into back yeah. then. But like now it's, I mean, if you listen to arms of Jesus, that's my newest song. It's basically Phil Wickham worship. So like, obviously <laughs> like, you know, dude, you got, you got killer songs. The stuff that you and Mikey came up with is, is killer, man. Like Thanks, for dude. real. Um, and he's got great, he's got great musical instincts. You do too, man. You got killer musical instincts. Um, not that we're just, we don't get on this couch just to blow smoke up each other's rear end here. Mm. Like we want to <laughs> hopefully provide something that's yeah. useful for people. Uh, what's, what, here's what's, okay. So here's what's interesting is back 10 years ago to get our band big, we recorded a four song EP. I recorded a four song EP and I got members to play it. I just found people that could play Whatever, and we did. If they the could thing. play. They did more. They were better than I was when I started. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't yeah. even play, dude. And and we recorded that, and we we went and bought like a hundred CDs from Walmart. And we just gave it out. Mm. So that was the thing, and that's what got us big because all the kids, whatever, would put the CDs in the cars and do that. CDs are not a thing anymore. That is not the product anymore. So like now, in my mind, your product is your social media and your music video not your song. You have to have your video with that and that's what you distribute because that's, 10 years ago they were saying when we walked in this church on Sunday morning, they said, we listened to your song and we love the CD. Yeah. Now I go in and they say, oh, I saw your video on YouTube and I love it. Oh, okay. That's what they're saying now. 
Okay, so dude, and you, okay, this might be a little scary to talk about because some people be like, no, 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 you can't say that in the industry or whatever. But one thing I t- I would say to bands is, and it's it's what you're talking about. You're talking about hired a band or got some players and guys came in and, and played the stuff. If you're a band making music and you're struggling at your at, and you're struggling in your instrument, let's say or whatever. I have a story about our first record. I was I could not play the parts in the studio. Hmm. I struggled. And I could play the parts. It just would take forever okay. to play the parts in the studio. There's a difference in playing live and playing in the studio. Hmm. There are there are whole like there's tons of musicians that are just studio musicians. They don't they don't even play live. That's their goal, that's their job. They get paid to play in the studio. It's a different beast. And if you're a band coming up and somebody says, hey, we can get a player to play this part or whatever, my advice to that band is to don't just stove up and be like, heck no, like no way, it's our music, we're going to do it. You have an opportunity to make a better song from someone who's willing to partner with you and share their talent on your record, and then you learn those parts to play live. You become a better yeah. player. And you are more efficient in the studio, and your product is better with it. If I had, if somebody had told me that earlier on, I would have struggled way less with with letting go and letting someone else come in and add their talent and add their value to a song, yeah. because that was a big thing. I think it's a big thing for anybody. If you're a guitar player or whatever, mm. and somebody comes in who's been a professional for twenty years, it's hard to to swallow the pride and the ego and be like, okay, you can play that lead, bro, or whatever. Versus saying, no, I want to do it. It's like. Do you want the product to be better? Do you want the song to be its best? Do you want somebody to be able to add their talent and their value to it? Or do you just want to be able to say, for your pride's sake, that I played it on the record? Yeah. You know, and so one of the things that I can say as a life hack is don't be afraid to let studio music- musicians come in and add their value to your song. Yeah. And then you learn the parts and perform them and deliver them live. Well, and here's like, uh, okay, so Arms of Jesus is the best received song I've ever had. That's what me and Mikey did. Dude, I didn't write that song. I barely played on that song. I sang on that song. It's the best received song I've ever done. So, that is an example of me, someone driving a ship in all bands, being like, okay, no, this is great. I love it. I, I did, I was in the room and I could like contribute a little bit, but like, so I would say drop the ego because that is the best song I've ever had receive, and my fans respond to that better than any other song. And I'm like, cool. Hold on, Judah. Shh. Hold on, buddy. Just a minute. Shh. Be quiet. Judah. Shh. What now? Okay, hold on. We're, hold on. We're going to... We'll, I'll come in there in just a second, okay? I will we'll say this to say what you're saying, to validate what you're saying. Aerosmith, world-class band, they only have one number one song in history, if I'm not mistaken. You can check this out. One number one song. Do you know what it is? What's that? I don't want to miss a thing. They did not write it. Yeah. You just, it was written by some chick behind a piano. Yeah. Yeah. You just, <laughs> dude, you just drop the ego and, and walk in because you can write those songs, but sometimes it just, just go with the flow. Yeah. Just go with the flow. Thank you guys so much for watching and tuning in to this episode of the Not Gospel Podcast. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Smash that notification bell if you want to be notified whenever we release new content. Keep supporting quality independent content, and as always, keep being awesome because that's how God made you.